Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Um, we're going to look at um, a passage of scripture here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter six, here in just a just a moment. But uh, I want to kind of get this set up. We we've got uh, um, you know we're beginning a fresh journey. We're we're um, starting a brand new series today, and so um, as we. As we start this series, a lot of times there's that foundational work that, that uh, I've got to do. And uh, so we're going to try and, and do our best to, to lay the foundation, kind of get the track laid, and, and then we'll be able to um, kind of focus in on exactly what I believe God has for us today. But this is a series that I don't, I don't believe that you're going to want to miss. This, this, uh, I honestly believe that, that what we will teach, because it, it's going to be much more of a teaching in some of this, um, uh, I believe it can be completely life-altering um, because, you know, we're, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, prayer from a place of, of a, I think, kind of prayer basics and how do we see effective, effectual prayer. And um, now, if you're self-sufficient, then you won't pray. Come on, and some of us, we wouldn't say that, but, but uh, come on. It, it, I, folks that recognize their need for God, pray. I know some of you are going, oh, man, pastor, already? You're just getting started. But here's another reason why I think that, that some people don't pray. Is we don't know what we don't know. I don't think about that a minute. We don't know what we don't know. And there's times that we would like to pray, we just don't feel comfortable praying. We, we, we may feel inadequate. We haven't been taught. We haven't, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, haven't learned how. We don't know if we're doing it right or not. And, it, and this can even create great anxiety. A lot of people, you know, in small group ministry, that's some of the reasons they say that they avoid small group ministry is that they're concerned that the leader might call on them. They may have to look up a scripture or read a scripture or they may have to pray. And it's like, no! You may not feel like you know how to pray. Well, let me say, <clears throat> the disciples early on came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. They realized <clears throat> Jesus understood some things about prayer. And with that, they wanted to learn, how do I pray? And, and, and we're going to look at really the Lord's Prayer from a, maybe a little different perspective in that. And, and maybe we'll go ahead and just read that, and then I'll kind of come back to it. But here, here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, starting in verse 8, it says, Therefore, do not be like them. Now, before this, I'm not reading everything, but it's talking about those that are really doing it wrong. They're, they're trying to be seen of men, so they're praying publicly. They've got to pray loud. They've got to do a show. They've got to uh, pray long. They've got to pray 
um, repetitively, like they're begging God, like he's not really hearing, or, or he may not do it unless they beg hard enough. Um, and, and so he said, don't be like that. Don't be like them. He's, look what he says. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Isn't that good? He already knows. So he says in verse 9, <clears throat> excuse me, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, pray. Now what I'm going to show you, if you'll look verse by verse, there is something happening here that's, that's, from, that's much more topical or almost an outline of prayer than just this as a prayer. But let's read it. Look, look what he says here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Notice, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'm pausing at each of these points if you, you'll get it in a minute. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at this from a more of a prayer guide and how we're going to go through that. And so we'll break those up. Now, a couple of things that, that I'm just going to kind of put out there uh, before I get to our, our, the, the first part of that, because we're going to look at today of relational worship, because that's, that's how prayer should start, is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so we'll, we'll look at that in just a moment. But let's, 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 look, let's think about prayer. <clears throat> Because I remember, you know, um, you know, early on in, in my journey and, and trying to discover and learn how to pray. And, um, and I was having a lot of those struggles, those thoughts of, you know, I mean, are, am I even doing it right? You know, what do you do? You know, I mean, you got to scream loud. You got to, you know, there's, you know, it's just all these different things. Uh, can I pray silently? We'll, we'll touch on some of this as we go through in the next few weeks. I, because I promise you, as you gain confidence, you're going to begin to move into places of prayer. You're going to begin to pray over things that maybe you have not even thought about praying over. And you're going to see God move on your behalf on some things. Some of you are going to start seeing things happen in your life that uh, hasn't happened because you haven't committed it in prayer. And as we learn together how to do that and we begin to move through this and you begin to develop a prayer life, you'll, you'll begin to see that. The first thing, though, that, that really needs to happen in prayer, and let me just give you these real quick. This isn't even, this is kind of a sub part of the message, is the first thing, you've got to have a desire to pray. So you've got to see that there's a vital need for prayer, that, that we need God to do things and intervene on things and to take care of things that is sometimes beyond us. And yet so many times we're going... We may not say it out loud, or we may not say it to God, but the reality is, 
in our behavior or our actions, we're basically saying, I got this. I, I can take care of this. And you know what? Sometimes we can, but it may be a whole lot of effort. Or if God's involved, that thing could just smooth out. And so there's got to be a desire to pray. You've got you to begin to see that, that, wow, if I enter into this place of prayer, um, man, God, is, God could just do some things here that is, is beyond what my ability is. Because here's here, let me give you a nugget. There is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. You can reach out and pray for things and pray for people that, that may be beyond your influence, but not beyond the touch of God, the hand of God, and what God can do in bringing somebody across their path. So I really feel someone needs to hear that today. Because you've got someone that you really would like to go visit, go be with, try to talk to, and you can't. Listen, pray for them. There, God can send another person by. God can orchestrate things and set some things up. Just begin to pray for them. So there's a desire that starts, but what you'll find is desire alone is not enough to have a consistent, effective prayer life. Are you ready for this next D word? Because it's a little tough sometimes on our flesh. It's called discipline. <laughs> Ooh. Well, how many of you know that, 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 that sometimes that, that's like, oh, Lord, I have to be disciplined about this? Yes, if you want to have prayer time, guess what? You may have to do the math. i got to be at work at this time. I need this, time, this much time to get ready, and I'm going to need this much time to pray. Do the math. <laughs> Look at somebody next to you and say, do the math. <laughs> And then smile. Come on, this is, I know it's a little painful, but it's okay. But if we're going to actually have a regular, consistent, effective prayer time, you're going to have to involve some discipline in this. And I know a, a, a lot of you are going, yeah, well, but, you know, I'm not a morning person. I, I don't know about you, but I, whether I'm a morning person or not, I think I want to rise up early enough to commit my day to the Lord. Right? Now, as I'm laying my head down on that pillow at night, I'm also talking to God and, and setting myself up for the, the sleep that I believe he's going to bless me with. So I, I want this thing packaged. <laughs> but the Bible is pretty clear, you know, that the writer, you know, in, in Psalm says, says, I will rise up early and seek thee. Some of you are going, no. Listen, I believe that was a word from God from Pastor Lane. Set your alarm clock. <laughs> Set your alarm clock. And you know what? And be open to if God causes an alarm clock to go off. We may get into some of this in the weeks ahead because there's times when I have been awakened in the night or early and it was for a reason. And you'll be glad that you went to that place of prayer and he'll show you. But in this, you have, you have desire, you have discipline, and if, you'll, and if you'll do that in a consistent way, you'll find delight. 
It'll turn into joy. It'll turn into fulfillment. You will all of a sudden start looking forward to that time that you're spending with God. It'll happen. I remember years ago, early on, as, as I was a, a, a fairly new Christian, there was a real prayer movement that started, and there was this, this real um, movement of getting people to pray for an hour a day, an hour every morning. And there were churches literally around the world that were, were setting time when they opened the doors uh, of a morning, like 6 a.m. at this one church, and, and we would show up. Joanne and I, you know, a lot of times, you know, she's still in her jammies, but we're showing up at 6 a.m., and we pray that hour, and then she goes home and gets ready for work. But we did that for years. And when we moved and different things, I mean, we continued that in, in, in our lives. And I still use this, this pattern, this model of prayer that Jesus laid out, because it's amazing that when you fully engage in this and you learn this, an hour can go by just like that when you fully understand this. All right, you ready to get into the meat of this? Okay. Um, with this, um, we're going to look at today the privilege of prayer. And then, and then we're going to cover over the next few weeks the rest of those topics, our priorities in prayer, God's provision in prayer, praying for people, and the power of prayer. And... And so we're going we're gonna to kind of stick with the P's, but today we're going to look at privilege because it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to come into God's presence and begin to worship Him in, in fullness of all that He is. And we're going to look at three key things that I believe that God is because prayer, uh, in, uh, setting the tone, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're going to set the tone this morning as we start this series, as relational worship. When we enter into prayer, as Jesus taught from this passage, is in, in other passages, you'll see, enter in with thanksgiving, enter in with praise. You'll see those types of words that are used in this. But I believe that Jesus was helping us have a, have a good concept of understanding how to worship as we enter into this place of prayer. Because prayer and worship, I mean, that, it, it's, it's, it's one. Our worship is a place of prayer. Our prayer is a place of worship. And so as we, as we move into this and we begin to say, our Father, we're talking about this relationship, this incredible relationship that we now have with God in the, Hebrews, in, in the Hebrew words that are given, that are used predominantly. There, there's, there's a few other variations. I'm going to focus on three of them right here. Let me give them to you real quick. And because this represents the first aspect of our privilege of, of worship in this place of prayer is that we're going to see God's first, we're going to see his character. God's character speaks loud. God's character, whenever you look and you read your Bible over and over again, you'll, you'll see that, that, uh, that his character shines bright. In other words, we, we can understand who he is, what he'll do, what he won't do. We can see the very character of God. In his heart, he wants to do good. Now, he's a just God, so we know that sometimes there are consequences and there are things that happen. But ultimately, God's desire, in his character of who he is, he's a good God. And as his character, he is a God of integrity. He is a God that, that is, 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 is about things that are done correctly. 
And with that, though, we, we begin to look at his, his names, the very names that are given of God. And the first one that we see is even in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 is, is the Hebrew word Elohim. The word Elohim is the eternal God, the one that has been everlasting, the one that there is no beginning, there is no end. He is eternal. He, he, he's, he's, he's the beginning and the end. He's, he's forever. But he is also creator. And we see that from the very beginning of time as God creates. So when you enter into worship, you begin to say that from this place of the character of God, of Elohim, I mean, we know that he, he's God, eternal, forever and ever and ever. And then we see the, the next one is the word El Elyon that is revealed. And El Elyon means the Most High God. We, we sang one of the songs this morning about that. That there is a place of where God as El Elyon, the Most High God. In other words, there is nothing that ascends anywhere beyond Him. He's always the highest. Aren't you glad that God has the last voice in any situation? It doesn't matter what doctors say. It doesn't matter what the psychologist tells you with your, your, your deepest soulless dysfunction and need. It doesn't matter, you know, if they say once an alcoholic, always an No. God has the last word. He has the last word. He has ascended to the highest of highs. And in that, he's the most high God. And then the last one that, that I'll look at in, the, in his character is El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient, unconquerable one. Let me say that again. Some of you didn't get excited enough. He is the all-sufficient, unconquerable God. So if you are involving your father in this with his character, you can trust certain things. Because, you know, that's really what happens. When you, you know, think about the human aspect. That, that they say relationships are built on trust. True relationships. Are, they're built on trust. And when trust is violated, then it's a mess. But, but you build trust and you work with trust. And, and as long as there's character involved where you're, you're living out of that place of character, then that trust gets elevated. Uh, but the reality is, as human beings, we fail one another. That's why we need to forgive one another, don't carry offense. There's a whole lot of things in all that. We'll, we'll look at that later on in this, in this model prayer. But with God, he never fails. He never fails. That's his character. It's who he is. And then the second one, so in that we see his character, number one. Number two, we see his abilities. And he reveals this as the Lord or where we, you hear it a lot of times, Jehovah. And Jehovah, throughout Scripture, there are different covenant names that he reveals himself as Jehovah, meaning that he has abilities to meet our needs, to do things on our behalf that many times we can't do for ourselves. And, and what you'll see in this, in these abilities, this translates directly over to Jesus and the New Testament. Look at these as I give you these words for his abilities as Jehovah. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the word Tzidkenu means that he is our righteousness. He's our righteousness. When you've said yes to Jesus Christ to become your Lord, Jehovah, now you are translated from darkness to light and you, are, you have been forgiven 
and you've been washed and you've been cleansed because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of the works you've done, but he is Jehovah to Sidkenu, our righteousness. So that in the place of prayer, because you're going to find out whether it's your own conscience or whether the devil's trying to beat you up. You start moving into this and you start moving into prayer and you start worshiping God and you're really serious about this. Next thing you know, you got some little thing sitting on your shoulder going, who do you think you are? You're going to ask God for what? Don't you remember what you did? What you didn't do? And that's where you need to rise up and go, you know what? He is Jehovah Tzidkenu. He's my righteousness. <laughs> Come on, how many need that? He is Jehovah Mekadesh, our sanctification. And again, each one of these, Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, how many of you believe the word of God? And he is our sanctification. He has set us apart for his use. And then we see not only Jehovah Tzidkenu, Jehovah Mekadesh, but now we see Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. He's the peace of God. He, Jesus, it says of him, he is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus says that he gives peace, not like the world. His peace is, is the peace that passes all understanding. It'll guard your hearts and your mind. He is that peace. So as you're able to begin to move into this place of prayer and its relational worship, and you begin to think about these things of, of God being God of your life and character, God being the, having all abilities to be able to do these things and perform these things because these are covenant names of God that are revealed in Jesus because he made covenant for us on our behalf. We don't have an individual covenant with God. What Jesus did made it on our behalf to where we step into that, not in and of ourselves, but only because of what Jesus did. Come on, some of you ought to get happy about that. Come on, if this thing was solely just dependent on you or on me, we in a heap of trouble. <laughs> we in a heap of trouble. Is that all right? Can you get that? You understand that out here in West Texas, right? I was in Arlington last week. I don't know if they understood half of what I said. But anyway, <laughs> West Texas gets it. And then he says, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am always with you. Matter of fact, he is not only Jehovah Shammah in our now, he's a Jehovah Shammah in our, in our future. So many times we arrive at some situation in life and we realize that he's already there. That's called the prevenient grace of God. He's, out, he's at work out ahead of us. We don't even know he's doing it. He's Jehovah Shammah. And then we see that he is, he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Come on. He'll heal you physically. He'll heal you, he'll heal you spiritually. Getting born again. But he'll heal your soul. He'll heal the brokenhearted. And then he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord of provision. Where he gives provision. What your needs are. Again, so that you're able to enter into this place with confidence, knowing that he's our provider. And then he's Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi is our victory banner. Because ultimately, we win. I said, ultimately, we win. Come on, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what circumstance, what has gone on in life, 
thank God, at the end of this thing, you read the end of the book, we win. And he says, I'm your victory banner. No matter what circumstance you're in, I'm still your victory in this situation. And then lastly, he is Jehovah Roha, our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. I shall not want. I'm not going to lack. And you begin to understand that he's my shepherd. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. He's going to lead me. So that as you're worshiping, worshiping him, you're moving into this place of confidence. But there's one other one. So we looked at, okay, under this privilege of, be, of prayer, we, we, we understand that we're looking at the character of God to set the tone as we worship him, his abilities. But how many of you have sometimes struggled knowing that God can, but will, will God? God is able, but will he do it? Well, let me just share with you. God not only is able, but God is willing. I said God is willing. And that's that last one, is he is willing. We see his character, we see his ability, but we see the willingness of God. <clears throat> As you read through the New Testament and you look at Jesus, you're going to find that, that, that there was such a willingness now, sometimes he required things. He told the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. He told the man that was crippled laying on that bed, he said, pick up your bed and walk. I mean, so, come on. I mean, he, 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 told, he told those that were blind, you know, to, to, to go and show themselves to the priest. There, there, was things, there was things that were always many times required for them to have acts of faith that connected in that, but he was always willing. He was always willing. And so, uh, we, we've got to understand that God is willing. Why is that? I believe it's because of, of, of something that Jesus said himself that is spoken of in, only in three passages, but the Bible teaches that let every word be established in the mouth of two to three witnesses. And, and it gives us three witnesses in here on Abba, Father. In the New Testament, we see this word used, Abba, Father. Father. Jesus is the first one that used it. Where he was crying out to his Abba Father. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, in verse 36, well, before that, you see where Jesus is struggling. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, I mean, it says that his soul is vexed. I mean, he knows what he's facing. He knows what's coming. He knows that he's about to go to the cross. He's, he's struggling in this. And, and, um, <clears throat> and it talks about it in that way. That, that, uh, listen, if it says his soul was vexed, it was vexed. I mean, he's, 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 he's in, the, in the midst of this. And so he, he, he looks to the Lord in this place of prayer, and he says, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But he uses the word, Abba, Father. Not my will, but your will. And we'll talk about the will of God next week. Some of you are like, how do we know the will of God? We're going to get into that. But in this, Jesus is looking to his father, but it's Abba Father, Papa God, the God that is personable, 
the God that is involved in the very details of our lives and of his assignments for our lives and what he wants to see, what he wants to do, how he wants to use us. Concerning the will of God, and you'll hear me say this some more, God wants his will for our lives even more than we ever could. Some of us are so worried about the will of God. and are we in? Listen, God wants the will of God for our lives. And if you're open to it, you're going to be able to move along in this. But I'm just telling you. Now, if you, get it, you, you begin to move into this place, somewhat like Jesus there, and you start in this place of worship, and you're worshiping God, and you move into that place. And listen, it is about a, a communication that is reciprocal. Don't do all the talking. God wants to speak to you. And so when you're thinking about worship, there should be ebb and flow. There should be times as you're moving into worship and then quieten yourself. Still in the attitude of worship, but he's able to speak to you. He's able to talk to you. But so many times, I don't know about you, but there's times when he's going, um, what's that? I'm like, what? I don't see nothing. What are you doing? (laughs) That's my business. Oh, and I'm talking to somebody out there. Yeah, he's just Walt Landers. <laughs> and God's like, uh, what is this? Come on, we need, to, we need to take care of that. You just better get ready. Listen, he wants his best for our lives. So you, you, somehow you've got to change your mentality. God's not ever trying to take something from us or, or uh, cause us harm or... Uh, misery or God wants his best for us and as we embrace that I promise you 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 will enjoy life greater you and and again we're all moving through this life what we do in this life impacts directly eternity and the things that God has for us in our future The other places, one of them is in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It follows right behind verse 14 where it says, these are the sons of God, the mature children of God that are led by the Spirit of God. And it directly talks about that there is the Spirit of God that begins to work in us, whereby in our hearts we are crying again, Abba, Father, that we're no longer slaves, but we're a son. Amen? And then Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, where it's, it says again that he has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of adoption, so that we have this inheritance. I don't know about you, but I like that. Well, how many of you ever, ever received anything, you know, from, I mean, it's, it's good. And in that, he says that, what about we are crying out, Abba, Father. See, he's a personable God. He's not just the God that's out there somehow doing his own thing and we're just trying to trudge through life and just hope for the best and, 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 and just do, do what we can. No, he's, he's right there with us. He's walking this out with us. There is something so desirable in his heart to be intimate with us in the process and as we go through life we have to open ourselves up to that and as you move into this daily place of prayer 
it begins in this relational worship where you begin to see the character of God. You begin to focus in and worship Him and thank Him for His abilities, the covenant names that equate to promises that He's given us. And then His willingness. On His willingness to get involved. Sometimes in the, in the most simplest, basic areas, God wants to show up. I've seen Him do things that's like totally catch me off. Totally do things that it's like, where did that come from? I'm telling you, I've had things that, that I have just thought, and all of a sudden, God just does it. And I'm like, well, I didn't even ask. He knows the things even before I ask. Now, does he want me to ask? Absolutely he does. Well, how come I, I prayed for oh so-and-so and they just get worse? Sometimes that may be part of the process. They're still a free moral agent. And God's working on them. But they still have freedom of choice. Now, can your prayers be effective and help work? Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, I believe I'm here because of well, a wild aunt and grandmother that got serious about praying for Walt Landers. They got mad at me first. <laughs> oh, and I'd have got mad at me too. <laughs> but they began to pray for me. And they didn't let up. They set aside one day a week to fast and to pray just for me. And I began to see things happen. And I mean, it was weird. Some of it was freaking me out. I'm like, why did that happen? How did that happen? And, and God was orchestrating. And I came to that place of salvation. I'm glad I got saved. If you got any sense, you'd be glad Walt Landers got saved too. <laughs> I was a boogerhead. I guess I can say that in church. <laughs> God is so good. Listen, I have seen God do some amazing things. And it's not because of me. It's because so much I've, I've learned that I'm a needy person. Especially in these areas of the assignments of God and what He's given me to do. And that I, listen, if God doesn't do it, it ain't going to happen. I'm just, I'm just not that smart. <laughs> I love that. You know, the Bible says that he takes the foolish things. <laughs> like, put me on that list to confound the wise. I love it. But it's because I learned to submit in this place of prayer. And to allow God to be God. But if you don't ever move into this place, you won't know. You won't experience that. So today, there, I believe there's a call for you to begin, to begin to move in. And you're like, well, Pastor, you didn't teach us the rest of it yet. That's okay. Just even start with just worship. And just what I taught on this morning. If you get that in your spirit, I'm telling you, it's going to carry you through the rest of it. You're going to see as we begin to move through the rest of it. This sets the tone right here. A relational worship where you're able to say, My Father, hallowed be your name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to, in just a moment, we're, we're going to partake of communion together. Hopefully all of you received one of these. If you didn't, 
if you'll raise your hand, these ushers will, will get you one. But, but we're going we're gonna to do that in just, just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask us to do something here real quick. If you would, just for a minute, just close your eyes. Maybe bow your head just for a moment. Because we have an open communion here at the Life Church. And, and we, we want you to partake. But the only requirement in this is that you have, as a believer, examined your heart. And if there is anything that you need to just simply get right with God and just simply offer to Him and, and ask forgiveness of, that you're able to do that. So we want to give opportunity for that, that time. And then the other thing is, is that if there is anyone here and you are not a Christ follower, maybe you've never accepted Jesus to be Lord of your life, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And, and what, what that will look like is I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a moment. And as you raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to lead you in a profession of faith where you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Now, there may be others that are here. You know what it is to be a child of God. You've been born again. But maybe today you're not truly following the Lord. Maybe you have backslid, you're off track, you're off course. But today you know that you're here by divine appointment and God wants you to hit the reset button and just move back into that place that you know. I think I'm talking to some today. You know. And you're going to get back on track. And you begin to just, just begin to set just today. I'm going to just rededicate my life. And you just get centered back in Christ. So heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you and you say, Pastor Walt, would you pray for me? I'm going to be, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Or you're saying, I want to rededicate my life. Just raise up your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, hands are going up. Yes. Other hands. Other hands. Yes, yes. Quite a few hands. Wow. Lots of hands back there. Father, we just thank you. God, for each and every one of these that are responding this morning, that are raising their hands and making this profession of faith for either salvation for the very first time or in rededication of their lives to you. Father, I thank you that you're such a good God. And Lord, you have done everything to provide the, the, the sacrifice through Jesus Christ to, to receive us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to bring us into the family of God in this covenant relationship with you. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're doing right here among your people and what you're going to do in these hearts and lives that are making you Lord of their life for the very first time. Now, I'm going to invite everyone to pray this out loud, but those of you that raised your hand, you need to pray this and you need to mean this with your, with your whole heart. I'm just going to lend you some words, but you've got to mean this from your heart. I can't do that for you. But if you'll pray from your heart, you're going to see something really special happen as you invite Jesus to become Lord of your life. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Let's everyone pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty for my sin. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Take full control of my life. Fill me with your presence. And help me to live for you. 
all the days of my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions today. We appreciate you. You know, at the end of our service, we're going to have some prayer folks that are going to be up here. And, and you can come if you're doing that for the first time. We've got a little little pamphlet that will help you get started in your, in your next steps, what God has for you. We're going to read from a passage of Scripture here in, uh, in Matthew's Gospel, verse 26. And then we're going we're gonna to prepare to receive our communion together today. There, if you peel that from the front, you'll get the, the little, little cracker out there. And then in a moment, we'll open our juice. But if you'll just go ahead and prepare the, the cracker for the bread. And I'm going to read this for us today here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. Remember, Jesus had gone with his disciples. They were preparing for Passover. And at Passover, as they were eating and sharing, he instituted communion, the Lord's Supper. It says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the, to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We want to receive communion together today. And as we partake of this bread, we know that the, the bread, the very manna of heaven, Jesus, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said that of himself. He spoke of bread being even healing for the children. I've, I've seen people get healed while taking communion. And that can happen in your spirit. It can happen physically. But I'm telling you, it can happen in your soul. Healing. That he, his body was broken. That we can live. That we can partake of this life that he gives us. As the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for this bread that we partake of. We receive it as your body. In Jesus' name, partake together. Like manner as he took the cup. Father, we thank you that we know that this fruit of the vine represents the very blood of Jesus. We understand that with those cups that were on that Passover table, the cup of redemption, that you had purchased us back by your blood, the cup of sanctification that you had moved through our lives, cleansing and restoring, but sanctifying and setting us apart, fit for your use, and the cup of forgiveness that even in this, that if we blow it, if we mess up, that there is forgiveness of sin. And Lord, we thank you we receive that. And Lord, yet at that last cup, Father, the cup of remembrance of all that you have given us, all that you have done for us, Father, in that cup we also receive. And Lord, we drink together today by the blood of Jesus. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Amen. 
Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.